Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 258 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a cybersecurity professional with over 25 years' experience in enterprise security and infrastructure. He is a certified information systems security professional, an active member of the cybersecurity community, and a frequent speaker at cybersecurity events around the world. He is currently the chief security scientist at Thycotic. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Joe Carson. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, definitely, hopefully, we excite uh, some new uh, future passionate career and talent into the industry. Exactly right. Yes. So, Joe, maybe you can give us a bit of an insight into your current role and, and how you sort of got into the realm of security. My current role is a mix of, of different things. It's kind of split into probably three different components, but you know they're not different time. They're all happening concurrently at the same time, but three different categories. And, and one primary thing that I do is a lot of security research. I do look at a lot of the current threats and potentially you know, future threats that's ongoing and, and trending and evolving. So I look into where the attacks are coming from, some of the techniques that's used. I try to dissect them and learn about them and to better understand them. So a lot of the research kind of gets into testing in my lab, uh, practicing new things, getting you know, new hardware and equipment, and then kind of running through and educating myself in those. Then I next part of my uh, responsibility is in creating content and knowledge and different papers and reports based on that research and really looking into helping educate others into my findings. And so that's really the second portion is creating things uh, where I've authored several books including cybersecurity for dummies and probably account management for dummies. And my recent one, which came out uh, in January this year, was the service account security for dummies, which is really focusing around the non-human aspect of the, uh, the robotic process automation side of things. So that research and then kind of creating the content is the second portion. The third portion, which is a little bit different at the moment, is typically where I spend a lot of my time going and giving workshops and speaking at events and sharing the knowledge and and, and delivering my uh, re- research and content uh, face-to-face typically at, at different conferences. Um, of course, with the current situation, that's mostly changed to a lot of more digital deliveries or virtual deliveries uh, because, of course, you know, unable to travel and able to get to places where I'm now giving it through mostly uh, virtual and digital conferences. How What is that going? Is that sort of the sort of digital engagement and, and sort of online engagement of people about security. Is, is that working well? It is working well. You know, I probably would have done somewhere, let's say, you know, good 50 plus percent to travel in the year. So I spend a lot of my days usually on the road and trains and, and, and planes and automobiles and, and also spending a lot of nights in hotels and, you know, attending about 60, 50, 60 events per year and giving around the same talks. Now, at the moment, you know, switching to doing it in webinars and, and delivering it in virtual rooms and, and conferences and so forth or podcasts, it is going really well. A lot more people seem to have more time to listen to the live events as well. So you know, I, I kind of get a different, you know, attendance or audience. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, in the tens, the fifties, a hundred. 
Um, but you know, more recently, I've seen that significantly quadruple and 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 get up to even where I've had you know over a thousand people register for different uh, events and webinars. So I think right now in the current situation where people are at home, they have a little bit more time to to self develop and learn than they are um, getting more involved in the digital webinars and digital deliveries. Yeah, in- indeed. And and is there one sort of particular area maybe at the moment that seems to be a bit of a hot topic? Absolutely, working remotely. <laughs> how to make it? How to make it life a little bit easier? How to be able to continue doing your job and and, and some of the lessons learned? I mean, I've, yeah. one of the good things I've been working remotely for fifteen plus years now, and I've learned a lot of good techniques and skills. So, some of the things I've been sharing is my experience over the past you know couple of weeks to others who are who are new to this experience. It's definitely one thing I can say. It, it currently the situation is not what it's normally like working from home. This is very different when you've got you know a lot of people working from the same place together and you've got a lot more distractions and a lot more kind of information overload right now and, and you're using home networks and, and, and unsecure areas. Um, it's definitely not what it's normally like. Uh, normally it's a lot more quieter and a lot more focused. Uh, but I have been sharing my tips and advice and, and a lot of good uh, feedback from that. Working remotely is one of those big topics right now. Yeah, I think you're right. Exactly. Yes. Okay. We're going to go into the uh, main part of the interview now. So, Joe, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? One of the things, you know, over my career and the things that I've learned the most is that it's never stop learning. That's, you know, you tend to learn one thing really well and get into it and that becomes your trade or your, you know, focus. One thing I've, I've always learned is to, when to let go. And to really kind of continuous learning is, is one of the best skills you can ever get is how to keep learning, how to kind of keep moving forward, how to keep learning uh, new ideas and keep motivated. And that for me is I'm, I'm reading at least one or two books a week. I'm getting into hardware and getting into new things. And it's never too late to, to learn something new. You know, you don't have to be young and out of school. If you're, you know, my age, <laughs> You, you can be enthusiastic and can easily learn new things. You know, development wasn't something and, and coding wasn't something I was really good at. It was something I could do. I was able to do things like Perl and I was even, ironically enough, a COBOL programmer, which is in hot, hot demand right now, it was one of my first programming languages I learned. But uh, even now I'm getting into things, you know, Python and a lot more, you know, uh, kind of more recent. So my my biggest tip is, you know, from, from a career is that in jobs today, most careers probably would only last maybe five years before you do have to to relearn and re-educate yourself. So definitely my kind of top tip is is continue learning. We're, we're going to be life students, and you will probably change jobs every five years now. Where in the past, you know, my parents or, or you know, um, some of my colleagues and friends um, when I left school are still doing the same job that they were when they started when we left. And back in, I remember graduating, we all went to a trade fair and I was the one that went off traveling around the world. And my, my peers, the job that they took on that trade fair is the same one they're doing today. <laughs> right. So with the same company. With the same company. Hasn't changed yeah. a bit. <laughs> So in terms of um, your own approach to to learning new things, how do you decide what you're going to learn? I try to look at the future. I try to look at where things are going and trending. And I also, one of the things I'd like to combine things. 
Uh, one, my my job and my career is very focused on you know cybersecurity and security industry and all the different kind of vectors that you see from you know hardware to software to cloud to you know laptops to operating systems. All of those different things I'm, I'm kind of learning. But I, what I try to do first, one of the first things I do is when I'm learning something new, I try to understand what it's like in the physical world. So, for example, one of my kind of main jobs is, is around, you know, passwords and credentials and identity security. So, of course, one of the things I look at is, is how, how is that in the physical world? So when I'm learning something new, I will look at, well, a padlock, a, you know, door key, a uh, car key, a garage door opener to a badge that you scan on the front door. I need to learn everything about the physical side of things first before I really move into the digital side. Because if you understand from a physical side, it allows you to better understand it. It allows you to get a better grasp of things. So I've got a kind of methodology that I have is that I try to understand it in a, what's it look like in a physical world. And to be honest, ironically, it really helped me with it education when I was learning I remember databases back in <laughs> a long time ago and in order for me to learn databases me and my college friends and university friends we looked at what a database looked like in the real world and we really compared it for actually going to the pub going to a bar and a night out and we actually made a metaphor and an understanding about you know going in and you know spending money and getting a drink and doing the transaction and getting a receipt we really looked at that and we actually got that understanding in a physical sense and related to the database scenario so that's one of the things that I kind of from my continuous side is I always try to look at it from multiple angles and then learn from you know throughout different phases and different uh, complexities Right. And do you tend to focus on one area or do you look at different things at the same time? So rather than sort of focus on one specific technology or, or solution, do you, do you try and sort of spread out and look at multiple things at the same time? It depends. Um, so most cases, my daily job and what I do for Thychotic is looking at many different things at, uh, at the same time. Right now, I'm looking at IoT security and looking at you know uh, smart devices and critical infrastructure and scatter controls. Um, so that's kind of one area I'm looking at. I'm also looking at research into remote working and you know remote security and those elements of things and how to really help in that side of things. I'm also looking at things where I'm, I'm getting into RFIDs and radio frequencies a lot more into detail. So I'm doing a lot of different things. But what I tend to do is while I'm doing all of those right now, I will try to get time in a day or a week where I can, or, you know, if I'm writing a book, I will completely focus on a single topic. So you do have to balance it because um, if you're only doing little bits at different times and, you know, throughout the same day, you're not going to learn it really well. You're going to become very knowledgeable about the different subjects, but you're not going to become an expert and you're not going to become really well knowledgeable about the deep side of things. So when I get enough of that broad knowledge, what I tend to do is say I dedicate a block of my time and said, right now, no distractions. I'm getting stuck into this and I'm going to do it from start to finish. And then I get really, really deep into it. Um, so it is a balance and, and you, you both find something that you prefer over others and that tends to you know help prioritize things as well. So Joe, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I've got so many over these years. You know, I started my career way back in 1991 in medical records in the hospitals, you know, uh, doing digitalization transformation. But there's a few that comes to mind, and, and one significant moment in my career when I was back in 1999, I worked for the uh, Northern Ireland Ambulance Service. 
And for those critical systems, you, you know, you're working in systems that are, you know, saving lives and they're, you know, critical to if, if you're not providing your service, you're putting people's lives at risk. And uh, for me, I remember we had an, you know, SLA 23 minutes. And if you didn't meet that SLA, uh, there was a potential of, of people dying. And at the ambulance service, we were, you know, it was 1999 was Y2K as well. So we're doing preparation and, and getting ready and, and, you know, patching systems and doing all the Y2K bugs. And one of the main things at the time was that we needed to switch over from a direct phase connection from power, from our kind of mini data center that we had. We had mainframes and old McDonnell Douglas terminals and so forth. And we were switching those over uh, to UPS. And, you know, the critical systems, we were responsible for, you know, the you know uh, emergency call line as well. So we routed things to the police and fire brigade and ambulances. Um, so we kind of were also that routing as well. And one of the main things was that, you know, during that uh, power switchover, uh, we had a very short SLA. So we had to get everything, power everything down, switch all the, p- the power over to the UPS and bring all the systems up and running. And I remember going through that, you know, scenario and everything was going to plan and you're, you're excited and, and it was, you know, all looking okay. And then it was powering the systems back up. And I remember sitting, looking at the dumb terminal, looking at the, the, the command prompt and nothing was happening. There was literally nothing on the screen. And it got to the point where it went past the time that we could actually go and power everything down again and bring it back up within the 23 minutes. And right. I remember you've got a bunch of smart people all looking at each other. And it was that moment in time when no one had an answer. We were all looking at each other going, what do we do? There's like literally nothing we can do. We're in, we're in a situation where we were helpless. And that was when I remember fear setting in, thinking that, you know, ultimately you're going to result in, in, in somebody losing their life if we didn't get the systems up and running. So what we ended up doing, we had to call out into one of our uh, service providers and have them get, you know, get access back into the server remotely. So doing a dial-up and be able to see if they could see something from their side and see if the systems were responding. And lucky enough, they were. So what we were seeing was is that we just couldn't see the screen. Our terminal just didn't have anything <laughs> on it. Uh, yes. But the systems in the background were running. And I remember you know, it ended up being freaking a serial cable. And from that point onwards, I never was without a serial, an extra spare serial <laughs> cable in my pocket. And that yep. was, so when you're sitting in that, so it's when those moments, you know, when you're responsible for people's lives and the systems you're there is so critical, that's the moment when you realize how much, you know, importance technology has. And even today, it's, it's really critical to a lot of you know, scenarios. You've got, you know, the, you know, the, the health service under, you know, serious stress and you've got medical supplies is, you know, getting delivered and you've got logistics and so forth. And you realize even today that, you know, the systems running in the background, that the people that's operating those, I have to say thank you, you know, to all those who's, who's making it possible um, because they are really making a difference in people's lives and saving lives out there by keeping those systems running. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's probably worth mentioning while, while we're talking about it, not, not quite as serious, but in the middle of your answer just now, we actually uh, had a crash in the software we're using. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I mean, talking about worst IT career moments, that maybe not one of them, but it just sort of illustrates the point it can just happen. Yep, it can happen at any time. Uh, I mean, I, through my career, there's been moments where something's not working and, and uh, uh, you just have to come some, sometimes reboot it. <laughs> the way exactly. sometimes the answer. Exactly right. Yeah, good. Okay. And so hopefully a little bit of a more positive story. Can you tell us about your IT career highlight? 
Absolutely. I mean, there's been several moments where I've really, you know, had, you know, I, I've been a you know, multi-award winner in, in, in security uh, globally, you know, some of the highest awards you can get. And, you know, that's always a recognition for your achievement and what your contribution is. It's showing that people appreciate the things you're doing. But there's been probably two highlights of my career that really kind of bring it home. And I remember a few years ago getting asked to do a TEDx talk. And for me, I can, at the moment, I, I mean, I'm always running it. You know, I'm, I'm always going super fast. So sometimes I never get the moment to sit back and appreciate what I do. Sometimes I don't even, you know, I, I've already finished something. I delivered a book and I'm already onto something else. And, you know, even when I authored books, I never got the physical copy for like six or seven months after it was already out because uh, I'm already focused on the next thing. Um, but the TEDx talk, what I ended up doing was I was really busy at the time. And I remember going in and, you know, basically turning up at the last minute, um, doing a quick preparation. Because I, I know my stuff. I know what I'm, you know, I've got my mind. I've got my story. I've got how I'm going to tell it, how I'm going to execute and deliver it. I've got this always down to, to really good, fine uh, line. I get up, you know, I was one of the first to do the TEDx talks. I get up, I went up in front of the audience. And you're in front of an audience about maybe 100, 100 or so people. And it's, you know, the whole music and the whole scenario and the nice scene. It was being televised in Estonia. And I think it was roughly well over five or 6,000 people watching it, you know, from the live broadcast. And it wasn't until after I finished and I, you know, did the thank you and I got to sit down. And I was sitting at the back and I started looking at the people that was talking after me and looking at the names and looking at, and you're just like, whoa, you're looking at people who has been doing basically, you know, science of outer space and, and have put satellites in, into orbit. And you're looking at people who's basically, you know, being in the Olympics and has contributed to sports. And when you realize that you're up there with those and you're looking at the people around you, that's when you really kind of realize that you're making a major difference in, in your contribution. And that was a moment in, for me that I finally got to sit and stop and listen to others and appreciate me being up in the same level that they were and, yes. and acknowledging that. And that was, a, that was probably a really good for me to take that pause afterwards and then, you know, getting the feedback from others who listen to the talk as well. Um, that was probably one of the career highlights that I've had. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Joe, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? It's always changing. It's always a challenge. Nothing ever stands still. You know, the, under the hood, when you, when you think about it, I always look at it, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I always look at things at the physical scenario. You know, under the hood, if you look at it from a car the look of the car changes, you know, the inside and the experience changes, the interface that you have. But at the same time, you know, under the hood, under the bonnet that you open it, and the, you know, look in and it's typically under the, the hood. It's always the same things as running. It's you know, still in many cases, windows It's still DOS that's keeping it's going, you know, it's, still, it's just <laughs> hidden. It's, it's, you know, those commands are hidden, you know, they try to make it look yeah. like it's not there, but it's really the engine that keeps things going. And, uh, you know, really for me, what excites me is, you know, how fast things are going right now and how exciting technology is to change in the world and making our lives better. I'm always cautious and suspicious and, you know, thinking about how the impact of things are. And I, you know, I get worried about things like, you know, where artificial intelligence and those types of things are moving, but we have to embrace it with a responsibility. We have to embrace it for the better um, of how it makes our lives. And for me, that's one thing that really excites me is that I'm forever learning. 
you know, in five years' time, there'll be something new that I'll be working on. It'll be still in security and it'll still be in privacy and, and helping make sure to protect those systems. Um, but it'll be working in things where it might be robotics, it might be drones, it might be machine learning, it might be actually, you know, helping make people's lives better. So that's what really excites me is about, you know, everything I'm doing is really helping make sure that the future of, you know, new technology innovation is being accountable and responsible. And it's it's holding up to security and privacy. So that for me, it really excites me is that um, I am making an impact. I am changing people's lives. And uh, I'm always learning. Sure. So what would you say to somebody who is maybe considering coming into the industry? Where, where, where are sort of the bright lights, if you like? Where should they be looking? One thing you should be looking at is really about, uh, there's, there's a couple of areas, you know, machine learning and, and data um, science, cognitive science, neuroscience. Those are really the areas where it's all about human and computer interaction. That's where it's really changing. Right now, you know, where we're typically using a keyboard or using our fingers in order to interact, and we have seen things where, you know, smart devices where you can use your voice or, you know, you can use motion in order to interact with technology. Where it's going really is where you, you, your thoughts, your mind will be directly able to impact and change and interact with technology. And that all comes down to things like cognitive and neuroscience about how we make it possible for your brain to communicate directly with radio and with energy to interact with tech, uh, different devices, whether it being, you yeah. know, operating a car or navigation or, or communicating with somebody across, you know, uh, let's say collaboration uh, technology um, where you can think or you can be, you know, visualize yourself. You know, virtual reality is all another great area. Well, I kind of, virtuality is kind of the older version. What we're really looking at is augmented reality, where it's a really yes. that interaction or intersection between the digital world and the physical world. So you think about the future jobs will be is, you know, there won't be any fire people that will be actually going and putting out fires. Those people will be sitting in their homes operating a robot or a drone that will be putting out fires. You know, so how people interact with technology will definitely change. So those areas where that ha- has that human and technology interaction is definitely the areas where future uh, growth will be and, and definitely the needs for data scientists yeah, it'll be interesting to see how quickly that comes about. Yeah, and one area that really is central to this is radio. The good old radio waves is really you know how we're making that possible. It's, it's all about mag- you know magnetic energy and and uh, conductive energy and so forth. So radio is at the center of all this. So I definitely recommend anyone who's getting into it, you know, to really understand about RFIDs and SDR, which is software-defined radios and uh, radio identification systems. Those are really where, you know, if you're interested in technology, definitely it's an area um, that you should be learning and educating about. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about (laughs) you and the way you think. You ready for this? Absolutely. Let's, let's, Let's hit it. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Oh, <laughs> I was a gamer. <laughs> right. I, I've been, you know, gaming was my my interest. So anything that allowed me to keep playing games <laughs> and get paid for it, um, yep. was definitely what attracted me. So yeah, gaming, which was got me into technology. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Don't try to be a perfectionist. That was always my thing was uh, I was a perfectionist from a very young age. I, I wouldn't share until I knew that it was perfect. You know, I wouldn't share with anyone until I'd done my, you know, make, you know, verify that everything was correct. 
Yep. And a very good mentor of mine uh, said to me, don't be a perfectionist. Just let people know that you're still a work in progress and reveal early and share early. Because the more you get feedback, the more you get input helps you even make it better. So don't try to be a perfectionist and, and don't be afraid to share and ask for advice. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? <laughs> that I would need to, to relocate in order to actually uh, be successful. And in today's world, I, I disagree. I think you, you, yeah. know, you can work remotely no matter where you are in the world. I don't have to have my manager sitting across from me to know that I'm doing a good job. Forcing people to change their environment and lifestyle for a job where they can easily do it remotely should not be the advice people should be giving. If you had to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? The same thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I really, that's the problem. You know, it's, it's, it is my hobby. It is what I enjoy yep. doing. I've seen different talks over the years, you know, uh, from, you know, different uh, mentors of mine. And, and they're always saying, you know, if you can choose a career, choose the one that you love doing. Uh, and this is definitely, you know, working with technology and being creative and, and solving problems and really continuous learning. For me, you know, if I was to you know begin my career again, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. Right. Okay. And, and specifically, if you were going to obviously going to look at cybersecurity, what would you recommend to somebody who wanted to come into that particular area? I mean, one best place to start off is is really in support. Um, I mean, that's where I started part of my career. I, I was a system administrator at the beginning, and then later did uh, infrastructure and network operations center, and then moved into a support area. And that was for me, which really uh, kind of got me to understand about all the problems. And it got me really talking with the end users and got me to be really central to everything in the organization. Um, so really good support skills and troubleshooting skills is really definitely in a cybersecurity scenario, helps you connect the dots. It helps you really understand all the moving components and definitely then allows you to choose a much more specific uh, area to get into, whether it be into developing or whether, you know, creating solutions or architecting or, you know, visionary side of things, which I'm also working on. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? The career objectives are right now focusing on is learning more about um, RFIDs, radio frequencies and IoT. Yeah. Those are two predominantly research areas. You know, ultimately what I'm looking at is I've always been a kind of what, you know, a PC hardware building. I built the, you know, put things together and I also been in, you know, in operating systems and infrastructure. So that was always my kind of area where I knew end to end. But really what I'm getting into is more understanding about basically uh, the embedded systems and actually understanding how to interact with them, you know, into serial, back into the serial cables again uh, and connecting <laughs> uh, cables and doing soldering. So getting, getting right. a bit more hands-on these days in yes. the IoT side to really learn how it's built. Um, so that's where I'm spending uh, quite a bit of my time, IoT and RFIT. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Oh, simplify things. I'm, I'm such a person that I can take something that's so complicated technically and simplify it to basically anybody to understand it. I'm almost like the you know cybersecurity IT translator of computer jargon into business speak, and that's been something that I've been skilled with and 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 have got from you know very young age is being able to convert that, and it's been something that I've you know excelled my career as well. So that you know, what it really means is you know being able to communicate, uh, being able to speak about things and 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 to different audiences and change that 
communication to meet the audience. Um, so the, that's the non-technical skill is, is communication and, and being able to translate, which has helped me throughout my career. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Oh, reading and learning. and uh, it, I, I'm always trying new things. Um, definitely books. One thing is, is I really got heavily into audiobooks in the past uh, year and a half. Um, so I'm literally probably reading about or listen to about four books a month from uh, Audible. Um, so it really helps me. I choose things that kind of interest me. And then after listening for an hour to two hours a day, I will go and then try, you know, the things that I just learned. So definitely, and both, you know, not just uh, technical or work-related, but also inspirational-related as well. Two great books that I've recently listened to. Uh, one was uh, The Cuckoo's Egg uh, from Cliff Stoll. If you're in, interested in getting to this, that's an amazing... I, I read the book years ago in the past. It's actually from, I think it was like in the 90s. It was actually a, a problem that happened in the 85s where it was Cliff Stoll was chasing a spy through networks. And it's a really great story. It's a great put together, really well, and very educational, very relevant to today. Uh, but I decided to you know go back and, and listen to the audio, audible version. And it was fantastic and it really kind of got me excited again. Another great book as well from Eric Wall, which is uh, uh, The Spark and the Grind, is also great. It, it, it kind of re-energizing your creativity. So that's something, you know, also making sure you focus on yourself before you focus on other people as well. So that's where definitely, you know, creativity and making sure that your health and, and your focus and your communication is all, all centered. Um, so yeah, that's what keeps me energized. I, I take about an hour to uh, kind of each morning before I start my, my work going outside because I do work from home. I work remotely. Uh, so it's important to separate your personal to work side. So that's my transition is taking that walk in the morning, listen to book, um, learning something new, trying it out when I get back to the office and, and uh, keeping myself excited and, and uh, always learning. Okay. And what do you do away from technology? Obviously, you mentioned a couple of things there, but is there anything else you do away from technology? Absolutely. I, uh, photography um, is definitely something that I love and travel. I also do scuba diving as well. Sometimes, uh, you know, scuba diving is the way that you disconnect from technology. It allows you to go into the water and the only thing you have is your hand signals. Yeah. Um, and that's a great way just to get into your own mind and just think and just observe. So yeah, photography, traveling, and scuba diving is uh, some of my my passions and love. Good, good variation, excellent. Okay, and Joe, can you share with us a final piece of career advice? The final piece of career advice is you know shoot for the top. Some mistakes I made um, over the years was you know when I was looking at certifications and learning something new, what I thought I thought was that I had to do small incremental steps at a time. And that was a mistake. You know, somebody turned around and said to me one day, I was like, oh, what's your ultimate goal? What's your moonshot? What do you want to be in one or two years' time? And I, can, I had that vision. I knew what I wanted to be. I knew what I wanted to do. But I was spending my time taking these little baby steps, little small steps to get there. And they said, forget about the small steps. Just do the big jump. Just leap. Go for the final thing that you want to get to. And ultimately, you know, when I was doing certifications, going back, I was looking at, you know, different certifications leading up to doing a CISP with ISC Squared. And they said, why are you doing these small steps? Just go straight for what you want. And that ultimately realizes that we don't have to spend all this time doing small progression, small progression. If there's something you really want to get, go after it. 
shoot for the moon, shoot for the big thing, don't shoot for the stars. Don't think that first before you get to the moon that you have to get up to the top of a mountain and then take another step and another step. Um, if you want to go to the moon, go to the moon, go directly, bypass all those small steps um, and focus for the big goal. And that's how you get there uh, and do it fast. And don't be afraid to ask others for advice and get mentors. I've had fantastic mentors over the years. So, you know, if you're looking for a mentor, get one, um, get their input, get their advice. Um, but definitely, you know, shoot for the moon. Don't just do small steps. Yeah, just go for it, really. Absolutely. Don't, you know, yeah. don't just step and, and then run and then leap. Just leap at the beginning. It's the fastest way to success and, and to fun. Okay. Joe, can you tell us how we can find out more about you and connect with you? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm easily findable on LinkedIn, that's for sure. So you just type in Joseph Carson. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on the top of the list there and probably the only Joseph Carson uh, in Estonia. Uh, so that's for <laughs> sure. You'll, you'll, you'll definitely uh, see me there with my picture yep. of the books. Um, and another place that I, I do frequently share my kind of currently activity on is on Twitter. So you can find me at Joe underscore Carson on Twitter. Uh, from my kind of website perspective, um, you know, psychotic.com, I'm a frequent blogger there. So if, if you're interested in learning about some of my best practices, such as working you know, from home, um, some of the security best practices, or even getting a copy of my, my books that I've authored for them now, and currently we're working on the fifth one. Um, so you can get those from psychotic.com. Uh, I think it's slash resources. You'll find them there. Um, so those are probably the easiest way uh, to stay in contact with me. And you know, anyone who wants any advice or uh, lessons learned, you know, always feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm I'm very approachable. Excellent, thank you, Joe, and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Absolutely, it's a pleasure, and hopefully, you know, people will get some some great inspiration and and take a career. And, you know, IT and security is something that's growing, and we need more people into, and it is fun. You know the, the journey you make it. Enjoy the journey. Um, enjoy the participation. Enjoy the path, because that's what really you know it's all about. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.